Are you looking for reasons to buy a new iPhone 15 Pro? Then this is the podcast for you. We've got our hands on Apple's new iPhone, and we're talking about reasons why you should and shouldn't buy it, all on this episode of the Macworld Podcast. Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola, here with Jason Cross. Good morning. And Michael Simon. Hello, sir. We've talked a lot about the iPhone recently, and a lot of that talk is our analysis of rumors and announced specification and features. But now, Mike and Jason have the actual phones. So for today's show, we're talking about them from a hands-on perspective. So this show focused specifically on the iPhone 15 Pro models. We'll have a separate review and a separate show of the non-pro iPhone 15. Look for that coming soon. Uh, now, Jason, you have the phones delivered to you, and which models do you have? I have both of the Pros. I have the Pro and Pro Max. Okay. And then, Mike, you decided to go old school, and you went to the Apple Store. Well, I, I kind of had no choice, because by the time I my uh, uh, the Apple Store loaded for me, uh, the delivery was like two weeks out, so I had to select it for pickup, which, you know, there's people there. I, they gave me water. I had to wait online for 25 minutes. Like, it's a whole thing. We're, we're, we're 15 <laughs> years into this thing, and I'm still waiting online to pick up a phone that I already paid for, mind you. <laughs> yeah. It, it's a little, it is a little weird to me that, like, iPhone release day is still like an event that people go line up for. Like they're they're not gonna run out, you guys. There's gonna be tens of millions of these things made every quarter. Everybody wants just, it first. Yeah. I just it's they're just not that special anymore. The the Pro Max is is back ordered to like November and most of the pros yeah. are late October. So mm-hmm. they're they're not so easy to find. But yeah, it was I, I expected to show up they said, uh, I think it was between 11.30 and 11.45. I thought I would just walk in and get my phone. Nope. It was like a line snaked around the, the escalator. I'm like, what on earth is happening? <laughs> yeah, people want a reason to celebrate. For sure, right? Everyone's getting, they're, they're getting high fives and stuff. And yeah. <laughs> everyone's like, are you real excited for your phone? Like, just give me the phone. I want to go home. Like, I don't need to be like, pumped no. up. no. <laughs> I'm excited for a nap. Like, let me go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, because um, yeah, Apple did their typical uh, press release of, hey, the phone's out, and then they show photos from around the world, and oh, yeah. these aren't staged photos. These are... No. No, they're, yeah. these stores are packed. People are happy. People are waiting online and sleeping overnight. There was, a, there was a video from, I think it was Dubai, when they opened the doors to the mall and just like a mad sprint to the Apple store to be first in line. It's just, it's, it's, it's wild. I really kind of understood that more five or more years ago when each phone was like, had some really significant new Mm -hmm. great thing about it. But we've, we've for at least the last few years have been kind of treading water with the, I mean, they're better. I make the case in my review, which is probably up by the time you guys listen to this podcast that like this is this release is it's their bestest boringest phone like it's 
there are improvements all around, um, but the improvements are not like earth shaking. Oh, this changes everything uh, compared to last year. And, you know, and some of them are just kind of, I don't want to say obvious, but you know, these are not creative miracles. Oh, I never would have thought of that. It's like, Oh, good. They replaced this, that, that switch with a button. That's a long time coming. <laughs> right. People directly in front of me and directly behind me online all had Android phones. So I do think the USB-C, uh, USB-C is probably a bit of a draw or at least an interest thing for, um, for Android people. And I don't know what it is about this particular launch, but it does seem like there's more excitement, more interest, more hype, more something over or around this one, particularly with the with the Pro model. So, you know, we'll see when Apple releases their numbers next month and, the, and the, obviously the holiday quarter is the big one, but it does seem to be generating a bit more hype than I would have thought for, as you say, boring, boring and, you know, expected. Like there was no, there were no surprises here. Yeah, I mean, not everybody follows all the rumors, but even if you don't, USB-C, everyone's had USB-C for years, and and you were forced to do it. Like, like you get you get no points for fighting, kicking and screaming, being dragged into 2017. It really like they should have done it years and years ago. It is great though. I will say this. I will say. Um, I plugged in my Apple, uh, my studio display with the Thunderbolt cable, just plugged it right in, just worked just in instant, like screen mirroring, really low latency works beautifully. Plugged in my PC monitor with display port works <laughs> plugged in. Uh, I have a USB C ethernet adapter works. <laughs> I could turn off Wi-Fi and just like use my phone over ethernet <laughs> if I wanted, um, card readers, external drives, not everything. Um, some audio f interfaces and stuff like that, they work, but they need, they don't, the phone doesn't supply enough power. So they need to be externally powered and stuff. And there's, that's kind of where you run into the issue. Um, I didn't try it, but I saw some people try some webcams. Like you can plug a webcam into the USB C on an iPad, and that'll be your camera, like in FaceTime and stuff. Uh, and it's not working that way on the iPhone, but it could be that the iPhone just doesn't supply enough power. Um, it requires further investigation there, but th that kind of stuff is great. Going to, I can with one, I can travel with one cable and it's my phones, it's my laptop, it's whatever. I can plug something, I can plug something into my phone to charge it from my phone. If it takes USB power delivery and that's AirPods or watch another phone, whatever. Those are all handy things. Apple should have done it years ago, but it is a good selling point for these phones. It's pretty funny. I went out uh, Friday night. I had, I got the phone Friday afternoon and then my wife, uh, He's like, my, my phone's up. Can you go grab a cable? Because we had, we had a different car. So I didn't have, we, we didn't have the wireless thing in the car. And of course, I grabbed the USB C one, not realizing that she had the iPhone 14. So it's still an issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've got, now you have to upgrade all your stuff. Right. Now I got to think, all right, what phone does he have? What phone does my son have? What device is this now? It'll be a headache for a, a year or two. Yeah. It, it will be a, a bit of a headache still, till, but it's been a headache before just, like all your phones use the lightning cable, but then you needed USB-C for all your other, every other gadget in your life, right? <laughs> you're 
your PlayStation controller, anything else, anything you charge up, you've had a USB-C cable. So it's nice to get back down to that. I found it really weird that every single major site's review of the iPhone 15 mentioned, called out as like a con and as like a a negative thing that they – that the cable that comes in the box is only USB 2. And if you want USB 3 speeds, you need to buy a separate USB 3 cable. I'm like, that is every phone. Everything. Everything. I, yeah. yeah. There's I there's almost no – I can't think of any phone. Uh, most tablets, I, I think maybe some high-end sort of like Windows convertible laptops or tablets might come with a USB 3 cable. Everything comes with a USB 2 cable. USB 3 compliant cables are thicker and don't, are not as flexible and they're not, and it doesn't matter for charging, you know. So, and most people only care about charging. So, but if you buy the, yeah, I mean, Apple supplies the same cable with the MacBook. Like, it's not a surprise that you're getting a 480 megabit per second cable and not a a 10 gig cable. It's a nice little braided. Cable, it's cool. Yeah. It's not color matched. Everyone was expecting yeah, color matched. Those rumors were months, and people had pictures in spite of no, nothing. Yeah, no, but had. it is braided, and it's nice, and it's fine, yeah. and it's what everyone does. It's not a, it's not a con. You just need to know that, like, if I need that performance, if I need that USB three performance, like I'm plugging in a drive because I'm going to shoot Pro Raw at 4K 60 with the Pro model. Actually, the Pro model is the only one that supports USB three anyway. So, but you need you just need to go buy USB three compatible. Oh, listen, if you're doing that, you have don't buy apples. <laughs> apples is way too expensive. You can get it for like you can get one for like twenty bucks online or some something. Just yeah, just buy a USB USB three speed compatible cable. No big deal. Done yeah, and done. anyone who is anyone who has a camera and a setup like that, they're gonna have a USB three or a Thunderbolt cable liner. Yeah, if you have, if you're recording to an external USB, like SSD or uh, even you can, you can do a compact flash reader if it's fast enough. And that's USB with a USB 3 port on it. You've, it's already, you have the cable. You don't have to buy anything. It is interesting that Apple doesn't, um, they don't sell a USB 3 cable directly. They have a Thunderbolt cable and they have a charging cable. There's, there's nothing in between there, but it's, it's 29 bucks from Apple if you want to get it. And there's a Thunderbolt, yeah. There's a Thunderbolt, Thunderbolt. two cable, right, right. Uh, and then there's Thunderbolt a Thunderbolt three and Thunderbolt four, yeah, uh, or two and four. I don't remember. Yeah, the but Thunderbolt four is like a hundred bucks. Don't buy that one. It, yeah, don't. It's just super expensive. <laughs> but they do make one that's twenty nine bucks that will handle the speeds of the iPhone fifteen Pro, or you can buy one on Amazon or wherever for probably half the price. All those rumors. Fortunately, all those rumors about like. It's only going to support faster speeds with an approved like I, Apple cable, or it's only going to support right. faster charging with an approved app. It doesn't have faster charging; it charges the same speed as before. Um, and there's no limitations. There's no my uh, M5 stuff. With yeah, there's no M5 stuff or anything. Any, it's any so it's USB fine. Will work. Yeah. Uh, bringing up the the recording does. I should I should mention the cameras because that's like a new thing with these with both phones. With the iPhone 15 Pro, you're basically getting like the cameras are the same as they were in the iPhone 14 Pro. There's some better processing. And if you get the Pro Max, there's the 5X zoom, there's the 120 millimeter zoom. 
But otherwise, I mean, you're not, this is not like a groundbreaking, oh, wow, they did this. Like last year, adding the 48 megapixel thing was huge. This year, it's a software thing, but you also get it with the non-pro models. The 24 megapixel default shot is, it's nice. I like it. it. You, you kind of get detail there instead of the over sharpening that you used to get. It's like a, the over sharpening processing problem isn't as bad, mm-hmm. but it's still a little bit there. And the, the over saturation of certain things is still there. It's not a very natural. It's still kind of a little bit of an over processed, over smoothed image. But you, you notice the artifacts less at that higher pixel count. Uh, if you want to shoot, uh, 4K 60 with the, with the Pro Maxes, you have to shoot to an external drive. To the internal storage, you're limited to 4K 30 still. Uh, I think the coolest, most pro feature they've added is log shooting. You can shoot video in the log color space, which takes the entire dynamic range and squishes it down. So it looks kind of gray and flat. And the idea is you use what they call LUTs, lookup tables, which are remaps those colors back to the full dynamic range. So um, but then you can change it to color grade it in post and you get the full dynamic range of your sensor, right? Really great for shooting HDR. That's how most, most pros and, and everybody, when they shoot really good content, uh, and HDR and stuff with their DSLRs, they usually shoot in some sort of hybrid log format or something and then they color grade it. Um, Apple surprise supplies LUTs and stuff. It's got two significant problems. I think they need to fix the software though. You're talking about the, the log thing? The log thing. Okay. Yeah. It's only, it's only available when you shoot pro raw. There's no reason it couldn't be enabled when you shoot HEVC. Pro raw files are huge. I, I, I can see a lot of people would want to shoot HEVC, but log. Uh, and the other is that when you preview the video on the phone, you just look at the log format. It doesn't have any LUT applied just for preview. So you see this grayed out, like flattened, low contrast image instead of what it will look like when you bring it into Final Cut or Premiere and apply the LUT and, and HDR it out again. So it should have some sort of preview LUT built in just for like when you're playing it back on the phone that you could turn on or off. Um, but that's a real pro feature. That's something that like they've had these great cameras. They've been able to shoot great video for a long time, but you haven't really been able to get the full dynamic range out of it. You may have noticed this when you shoot video where it's in a bright scene with a lot of bright and dark in it. Faces will kind of look waxy. They'll kind of look flat and waxy, plasticky. Like you shoot in log and then color grade it yourself. You can totally fix that problem. And I get it all looking natural and good again. Like, and that's why people, that's why pros do that. So congrats on Apple for doing a real pro feature. It's just like, it's almost there. It's just, there's just two little things. It's like, why, but why did you do this? Why did you make it have to be pro raw? Do you have any thoughts as to why they would? No, I, I can't really understand why it has to be in pro raw to shoot log. Or yeah, even if they were doing that, why they wouldn't in when you're previewing it on the phone, just apply a LUT or or let you turn on or off one just so you can just see like the full like a sta- the standard HDR playback. 
Um, it seems like those could be that could be handled in a software update. I it feels like that. The 120 millimeter 5x zoom. It's nice. It's a fun zoom level over the 3x. You could always go to 5x with digital zoom, but it's it's clearer. It's simpler. You touch the one button, you get the 120 millimeter zoom, and you get that compression of the depth of the field of view that you don't get with a crop digital zoom. Right? It's not game changing. You're not going to suddenly be able to take these awesome pictures of the moon with it or something really far, far away or something. But when you take pictures of your kid's soccer game, you'll get closer to the action and it'll look good. Um, and because you have a much more sort of compressed field of view and depth of field with a, a real zoom lens like that, you know, you get that kind of a, a real natural bokeh without having to do portrait mode, you know? And it keeps you focused on whatever's in the action in the shot, you know. Mm -hmm. It's handy. It's it's not it's not the kind of thing where like I don't think anybody should be picking the Pro Max because of that. I don't think anybody should. I you should choose it because you want the bigger phone. If you don't want the bigger phone, you should not be like I don't want the big phone. But that zoom le lens, it's not it's not that great. Like you're okay with the three X zoom. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. It's um, you know. I can I have the 14 Pro Max, so I compared 5x digital versus 5x optical on the 15, and you know there is a difference. It's clearer, it's crisper. I was more impressed with the 25x when you go all the way up. That you know it's definitely better than it was before, which it didn't go that high before, but it's better than the high end, higher end zoom on the 14 Pro, and it's nice to be able to get 25x. I shot a few test shots at like 10x. And, uh, you know, 10X on the old, my old 14 Pro with its, you know, with going from three and then digital zoom up to 10X did not look very good. It was, it was really pixely. You could really see it was like trying to zoom, reconstruct, blow up an image. 10X on this looks really good. It's I agree. It, 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 like not quite native, but like I, this is usable. This is definitely usable in a shot. I think the rule of thumb of like you can digital zoom up to about double whatever your highest optical level is. It's pretty much still there, you know, and yeah. that gives you that gives you a usable 10x, you know, so it's good. Yeah, and like I said, I tried 15, 20, 25 and you know, they were they were good. Like I took pictures of words just so I can see how, you know, artifact and how legible it was and it. it was it was all right. Like it's it's definitely vastly improved. There were a bunch of um people over the weekend took S23 Ultra shots, compared them against the, the iPhone 15 Pro Max. And I tell you, some of them were really, even at like 15X, really hard to tell the difference. The uh, S23 Ultra has a 10X optical zoom. And so iPhone 10X digital zoom or hybrid zoom, whatever you want to call it, and the uh, Samsung's 10X optical zoom, they were pretty close. You can see if you zoomed in, you can see the Samsung got a little bit sharper, uh, especially with edges and stuff. but they were it's it's good there's definitely a little bit of detail in how they process the image uh, and stabilization for like if you have things like rooftops or or stuff like that with a lot of noise not noise with a lot of detail like pattern in it they they hold on to that detail differently between the two and and apple avails itself pretty well there but then mostly what you're going to see when you just look at those pictures is how they handle things like how they segment out and handle things like their exposures for different parts of the image differently. Like this guy's more blue and that one's more gray. 
And this one captured the darkness of the water better, where this, this one didn't, right. you know, that's the, all that stuff's still there. But people who just want to take the phone out of their pocket and take a picture of something far away, this, this is a bit of a leap for that. I think the biggest leap, though, is in the non-pro. I think the fact that you get that that forty that forty eight megapixel sensor, you can take forty eight megapixel shots, not not pro raw, but he heif, you know, and you can get the full forty eight megapixels if you want. The defaults are all twenty four, and because they have that sensor now for the first time ever, you have a a quote optical telephoto. You have a two x. It's you don't. It, it's it's a optical it's quality a, is what Apple calls it, but it's pretty close based on the sensor and what it's doing. A true 2X would have a narrower field of view so the background would get compressed more, like like visually the angle is a little different, but the clarity is the same as an optical, right? So it's it's good and it's good. And you didn't have that before. It's it's way better than the old non-pro phones zooming into two digitally, right? It looks way better than that. So I, I think those are all kind of bigger leaps than what you get in the pro models where what you get is, well, log shooting that is hamstrung by a couple of things and not for everyone. And then only in the max, you get extra zoom. Oh, you know what? Actually, before we get off the the camera, because there is one feature that I love uh, and it's, I think it's on both the 15 and the 15 pros, but if it's if you are taking a f- picture of a person or a dog or a cat, mm-hmm. it will recognize the subject and it will save the depth information. So you can go into photos later and decide, oh, I wish this was portrait mode and just enable it and then and adjust the strength of the portrait effect like before. And you can tap different parts of the photo to choose where your focal distance is. And, and that works on like the even the 14 Pro Max, that's an iOS 17 edition, the 14 Pro, I should say. Um, but the but the ability to just point and shoot at something and then later decide, oh, I wish that was portrait. Or I don't know about you, but I've several times taken a portrait shot and then later looked at it closely and go like, ah, it's a little messed up. I wish I could turn that off. You know, so the ability to just decide later is a nice, a nice thing. It's, I'm not sure why it's, <laughs> it's frustrating that it's only an iPhone 15 feature, but, uh, it's, it, that's a handy addition. So to clarify for listeners, when you go into the camera, is portrait mode still available? Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. You can force it on and, and you can go in later and just drag the, amount of portrait all the way to off on those. But what what this is doing is it's just recognizing if it recognizes there's a person, a dog or a cat in the frame, it goes ahead and saves the same depth information it would use for a portrait shot along with the photo so that it can later on just apply it as if you had selected portrait. Yeah, I wonder if to your question Roman, iOS 18 will just do away with the portrait selection because you don't you don't need it. In in the pro models, portrait that portrait selection lets you take portrait shots of things that aren't people and pets. So I, I can see where they would want to keep it, you know, and all the LiDAR equipped phones, you can just enable portrait. Yeah. So have either of you guys been using the new action button as the shutter for your camera or what else have you been using it for? I set it up 
as a camera shutter, and I haven't done it at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a habit. Um, I do it's think I do think it's I do think it's a cool button. My muscle memory is trained to not use it, and I think that's going to be a big drawback for you know a lot of people. But it will at some point get me to explore the shortcuts app, which I haven't done ever. Because I've seen a bunch of, again, Twitter, um, social media posts of people who have done some real creative things using shortcuts and the action button. So I do think there's a ton of potential there. Yeah, my favorite is that you can, and, and you could have always done this stuff with a make a shortcut and drag the shortcut onto your home screen and it's a button. This is, this is just say it, no matter what you do, it saves a couple swipes or taps, right? It's, this is not, but it's nice to have these things. <laughs> I have messed around with it as a shutter button. It is kind of useful sometimes, but honestly, launching the, sh- the camera is not that tough. And once you've launched the camera, the volume buttons are a shutter button. So it's it's also, you know, you don't really need it for that. I uh, I think the, the key is going to be shortcuts on this that I've seen some good ones. One is somebody hits it and it, it, it pulled a list of like, five or six things. It popped up a pop-up list. Which one do you want to do? And they tapped it and it was like, one was like playing a playlist or just playing some music, you know, uh, turning on silent, turning on this. Like he had a list of like eight different functions that he likes to do all the time. And the action button just pops up the menu for him to select one. That was great. Maybe my favorite is that some some people have done this with pinging your location, but an even better way would be to ping what Wi-Fi are you on to make it do one thing when you're at home and another thing when you're out and about. So they had like it it, it does mute when I'm not on my Wi-Fi, and when I'm on my Wi-Fi, it's the camera button, that kind of thing. Or you could have it do something when you're on your work's Wi-Fi. Or you can you could have it do something based on all kinds of different locations that you frequent, right? When I'm at the gym, hitting this button like automatically starts my workout playlist. Whatever I could, you could do all that stuff. So yeah, I think it's shortcuts is the key there. But even without it, even if you're just going to pick something from the menu within iOS. Oh, by the way, Mike, do you find that menu weird? It is weird. It's very, I mean, it's it's very not in line with the other settings. On yeah, the it's super <laughs> slick, but it's like yeah, it's very none, cool, of, but it, none but of the rest it, of and the it, settings are like And this. it's behind like the normal settings tab. So you click it and you expect to get a white screen with with a list of things that you can check right. off. And instead it's just like, you know, very interactive, very slick, as you say, um, right. menu that you can swipe through. Right. It looks like the side of the phone and it angles as you move it and stuff. I'm like, what is happening? I wonder if this is kind of a glimpse at what Vision Pro's settings are going to be. And Apple is just kind of like being a little overzealous with the iPhone this year because that does seem like a Vision Pro thing. I, does it? I don't know. Because like Vision Pro, like you wouldn't be looking at the device ever when you're looking through it. You're looking at the real world. But it would so. show you. Yeah, I guess. I don't, I, know. Yeah, I don't seemed, know. It seemed to me a very ARE. A-R-E. Yeah, it's it's showing the actual device. And I'm wondering if we're going to see this in other places and settings, wherever you would change something that is about the physical device, it would show you the, the device and the thing. Anyway. It seemed, to, it seemed like it was a demo for the Apple Store that they accidentally left in iOS. Yeah, it's just so it's just so out of place. Um I don't mind it. And it's and it's intuitive. I feel like 
if you're a user, you're a casual user and you open that, you're not going to be confused. You're going to be like, oh, I, these are my options and you can pick some. Uh, but I think it's definitely better than the mute switch any way you shake it. And they did add, since you can now, um, they were concerned about, pe- people were like, well, I used to be able to look at the mute switch and know if it's muted, right? And now there's a, uh, there's different haptics, whether it's muted or unmuted. So if you do it in your pocket, you know, but there's a little mute icon up in the little top toolbar that appears when it's muted. I, I, I hate that. You do? There's a, there's a, there's a checkbox in settings that you can take it off. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't like any extra icons that were there before. <laughs> I, I like that they have it because I have. Even with the ones with the switch, like sometimes it's hard to see, or you have a case and you're looking, you're looking for the little orange in there, and you're like, "Wait, is up mute or is down mute?" I, you know, I I do like that I can just quickly tell. Yeah, right. You can turn it off. It's 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 on by default. It's in the sound and haptic settings. I do like that. It's it's a bit of a of a long press on the action button. Has to so be. it, I, I've actually. Even with the switch, like I would all the time take it out of my pocket and flip it from mute to not mute because it would get caught on the, on like the edge of my pocket or my finger or something. Like I haven't done that yet with this because if you like you deliberately have to press it. It's weird to add a button in 2023, but it's 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 a good one. Apple adding a button that's so <laughs> of all companies, and if you short press it, you get a little uh, reminder on the screen next to the button that tells you. Long press four, and then it tells you whatever the action you have it set to. So if it's mute, uh, if it's the mute unmute, it'll say like long press to unmute. If it's the camera, it will say like long press for camera or whatever, you know. So if you're, you're not going to accidentally tap it short and go like, how come it isn't working? Like it'll, it's clear. I think it's a good feature. I don't think it's a pro feature. It's, it bothers me that it's only on the pro that. You're going to have to wait a year for the privilege of paying $800 for a new phone in order to get this feature. Like it just, it's just like, this is all the iPhone should have this. This is not a pro thing. This is just like a, give this to all the iPhone, like the USB-C, give this to all the iPhone. But this is not Apple's way of doing stuff. Like this is it. Yeah. And also an iOS, like it'll come to the iPad next year. Now yeah, that's true. Has, no, that's true. We, iPads we, are going to get we, action buttons, aren't they? Yeah. You sure. Eventually. We got, I mean, we, we saw that with the iPhone 15 this year. You said before, like, that's a big upgrade because it's basically now an iPhone 14 Pro mm-hmm. for about 800 bucks, 900 bucks, which. With the extra addition of they still don't have a telephoto camera. Right. That's the difference. But, but they have a digital now. telephoto, which they never used to have. Like, And now, you know, they could have kept selling the iPhone 14 Pro and cut $100 off the price and you know we're pretty close to what we're at but I think it's I think it's a good whatever the word is strategy because you know you the people who really want that stuff they you know let's be let's be realistic they want it to be exclusive to their phones <laughs> like if you're paying 1200 bucks you want to have features that other people don't have so eh, I think yeah. it'll, it'll it'll pay off the the, but, the Pro Max oh, is going to sure. be the biggest yeah. seller that they that they have yeah, or or especially now that it's more expensive because you can't you can't get a 128 gig version, so you have to buy at least the 256 or above. The, yeah, they'll make plenty of money on their iPhone this year. Uh, the new action button is located on the new titanium frame. Look at you with all these transitions. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, it is. So what do you guys think of the titanium? Uh, Weight-wise, it, it technically drops about 10% of the phone's weight. It feels like more because that 10% is all on the outside edges. It's it's astounding how much lighter. Yeah, it seems. But it is as much lighter as it is. It only really kind of brings them back into line with other big premium phones. It's this is it weighs what a Galaxy S23 plus weighs and stuff. Like it's not The plus, yeah, the Ultra is is as heavy as the 14 Pro Max. But it's uh, S23 plus I'll I'll look. No, it's not. It's the same. 6. Point, maybe 6.8. It's not much bigger. If it's bigger, it's 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 incremental. The, uh, but yeah, that so that that phone because it has that big giant camera lens is what is as heavy. If it's if it's not as heavy, it's when it's within a couple of grams. But so I've had the 14 Pro Max. I had the 13 Pro Max before that. I like big phones. I like heavy phones. I could not believe when I took it out of the box how much lighter the 15 Pro Max felt. And that's after reading it for a week and writing about it. And I knew what to expect. It's crazy how much lighter 20 grams feels when it's distributed in a different way. It's nuts. It it feels like you're holding a 15 Pro. Like it's it's that much different. And if that was a barrier before, then absolutely uh, go for it now. Yeah, it, it's actually pretty close in terms of like um – it's between it's the, the actual weight it's directly between the 14 pro and the 14 pro max for the 15 pro max like um but in terms of like it's it's actual weight you know uh s23 plus is a little more than 20 grams like 25 grams lighter uh the plus the ultra is not it's 10 grams heavier it's not it's close it's very close to that, and and a little bigger. It's like narrower and taller, and slightly bigger display. Yeah, yeah. The dimensions are a little bigger, but the screen size so, is, is very similar. So compared to past Pro iPhones with the steel frames, it feels like a pretty great weight reduction compared to other premium large phones. Well, now they're now they're in line. Now they're no longer like, why are the iPhones so heavy? <laughs> so it's nice. Uh, it, it's up, but don't expect it to be more durable. And Apple made no claims of being more durable, and you know they would have if it was. <laughs> Some of the teardowns and and stress tests, Jerry rig everything has a great video as they usually do, scratching every bit of the phone uh, to figure out how scratch how much they scratch and fingerprints and bending and all this other stuff. And um, it's kind of in line, except that it bent real easy. <laughs> like he managed to crack the back glass very quick usually he can't do I it saw, like yeah. you have to really he cranks yeah. on it and and it doesn't crack um it doesn't take a lot of bend in the frame to get those that back glass or the front glass to to shatter and it looked like he didn't have to try too hard to do it <laughs> um yeah we we've been through this before with the iphone 6 plus i believe it was that that yeah. bend gate thing yeah, I don't um, think it's we're in a bend gate situation. It, it didn't bend like that. He just managed right. to spiderweb that glass. Yeah, and he still had to like hold it as if he wanted to break it. And then oh, he was trying. Yeah, he was trying to break it. It was you have to try to break it. Uh, what about the look and feel of the titanium? I mean, we all put cases on our iPhones anyway, so it, um, it doesn't really matter for me at least. But you know, you, I drive around the town and you see billboards of the new iPhone 
showing the edges of it. And it looks different, but I don't use a case ever on my phones. Um, so I got I got the natural titanium. I like it. I mean, it's not like incredibly amazing, but you know, it it feels nice. I there's a slight. It's hard to explain, but there's a very slight curvature to the edges. Yeah, it's still flat sided, but where where those angles turn is just a little smoother. That's nice. There, the sides are brushed, have like a brushed instead of being shiny like the the old Steel Pros. It's kind of a brush thing, so it has a nice matte look to it. But I think a lot of people thought, oh, that'll hide fingerprints really well. I'm here to tell you, it does not. <laughs> like. It doesn't. I mean, it, you, you got to look for them like you did before. Yeah, you have the natural there. titanium. That hides the fingerprints the best because the color matches mm-hmm. a fingerprint's color. <laughs> the, yeah. The oil, yeah. But I have I have also the – in the Pro Max, I have the dark uh, – that dark blue, titanium blue. Um, and yeah, it's just fingerprints are everywhere. It's it's so obvious. So it's it's not really better than the steel at that. Um, I like the matte finish. You're, most people put a case on it, especially since it's so expensive. Um, but it does feel nicer to hold if you don't. Uh, oh yeah, let's talk about all the colors. The colors on the pro models are super boring. There's black and white still. Gold has been replaced by natural titanium, which is which I like. But let's be honest, it's gray. Which is it's. It's close yeah. to gold. Uh, well, it depends on on the light, but it's yeah, like it's a gray, gray with like a like yeah. a hint of like a kind of a yellow in there. It's nowhere near the old gold color. Like it's it's not. You're not going to look at it. And be, it's gold. It's it's like oh, you have like a gray titanium phone, right? And then their color this year is quote titanium blue, which is just a dark blue, and it's not especially a bold color of blue. The black and the white, the black is not as dark as the old black, and the white is not as bright as the old white. So it's kind of like a super light gray and a super dark gray. So you've got three shades of gray and like a a dull blue. So the colors on the pro models are especially boring this year. (laughs) I mean, they all look fine. And I think that probably has something to do – that probably has something to do with the titanium where – it's harder to get the color to adhere to the side, so they just went with what they could get. I like the blue a little better than I thought I would when I saw it in the store. Um, it's a it's a bit of a brighter, more iridescent blue than it look comes through on the website. But as Jason said, they're they're very bland this year. There's nothing. It's that not an especially bold blue. It's it's less blue that yeah that old green for the iPhone was it 13 or whatever was like more intense of a green than this is a blue. It's not like that Pacific blue or anything. It's it's less. Then there's the regular iPhone 15s. The best explanation I saw was they are giving off serious baby shower vibes. <laughs> those those phones are like beyond pastel pale. You can they're barely hinted of color. It's very pale and bright. When I picked up the blue one in the store, I thought it was white, and then I realized, wait, they don't have a white. It is so right. not blue. You, I, I turned it every which way, and I couldn't see <laughs> yeah. a hint. But So, the Pixel had a barely view. Like, it was yeah. literally called barely blue. It's more blue. That is, like, bright blue compared yeah. to Apple. But, and all the colors are like that, the pink and the yellow and all that. Like, they're all, like, a wisp of this color. It's like a white phone with, like, a hint of this color to it. it they look They look like... 
baby shower presents. I swear, like I can't, I can't describe it some other way. Um, and I, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Like, I guess they did it. So the iPhone 13 had the best colors. That blue, in my mind, or my opinion, rather, is the best one. Then the iPhone 14, it was a little bit lighter, and now it's barely like you can't even tell. It's their color. so pale, it's so, so weird. weird. If you there, there's black, if you want black, and then everything else is really bright pale. Um, and I didn't. They don't have a product red yet. Um, so maybe, and that sometimes comes later. So it's like if you don't want to look like it's Easter all the time, you know. Get it? You're either getting a case or you're getting the black phone. So I think they kind of blew it on the standard iPhone colors. I think they needed more color in those colors. They made such a big deal about how the color is embedded in the back glass and comes through and stuff. I'm like, yeah, but it's like that hardly there. <laughs> the most colorful is probably the pink one, but all of them are very, very pale. The Pro phones come with the A17 Pro chip. I think for people like us, we're not going to notice much of a difference in terms of performance over the previous generation. Jason's working on his review and he's been doing benchmarks. Uh, if you want to see his full results, check out our review on our website. What are your initial impressions of the performance, Jason? You can just sum it up by saying it's 10%, the CPU stuff is 10% faster, which nobody will ever notice because it was already, nobody once took a, nobody took an iPhone 14 and was like, it's not fast enough, <laughs> right? So it's 10% more than the A16 on CPU. On GPU, Apple said 20%. That's a, just about what we're seeing on everything. Funny, Funnily enough, it has six a six-core GPU instead of a five-core GPU. So they added 20% more GPU cores, and it's 20% faster. It's a miracle. <laughs> Who would have thought? Um, the GPU has new features, the ray tracing acceleration there's a 3D Mark benchmark that uses ray tracing, and it's like 50% faster because of that hardware being in there. And uh, was it mesh shaders? I think it's the other thing, which is a, a feature that's been in GPUs, like desktop GPUs and stuff for a long time. That stuff is more, you're going to care about it when this GPU architecture shows up in a Mac. It's going to be really cool. In your iPhone, it's not that big a deal. Really, really high-end games are just a little bit smoother, but they were pretty smooth on an A16. They were, I mean, Apple's running circles around the rest of the industry here and has been for years. Everybody making like a premium high-end phone game. They're targeting Android phones and stuff like that that, that can't run this fast. As I'm seeing. It's, it's, it's going to be fast and smooth. It's going to be fine. During Apple's presentation reveal of the iPhone 15 Pro, they talked a lot about the gaming performance. But it seemed kind of odd to me because, as you said, are t the type of games that you would want to play on a bigger platform on a Mac or with a bigger screen, like, like a Mac. So. Well, you could do that now. You can plug your USBs, yeah. Yeah, for games that are best played with a paired Bluetooth controller, the ability to just plug in your monitor right into your USB-C port and have a very low latency. It's not like the wireless mirroring. It's like a super low latency, super high quality, just like a perfect mirroring of your phone. That that makes those games a lot more fun to play. I mean, those mobile games do exist, but 
most mobile games are meant to be played with your thumbs on the screen, looking at the screen, tapping on little things. They're, they're, I mean, they just don't translate well to – you mirror that on your on a monitor. You can't be looking at your monitor because you have to look at where your fingers are touching. So you're looking at the screen anyway. I, I really think that this – all this performance is going to matter more when it comes to Mac. Uh, we were talking before the show that um, uh, Resident Evil – is coming to the iPhone what, four? Is it four? Whatever it is, whatever version it is, four is coming later, and Village is coming. Uh, Village is coming sooner, and then four is coming later. Village is going to be just for the pros, the fifteen pros, and M1 and better Macs. Oh no, M1 and better uh, iPads. I'm sorry, it's already out on Mac. Unless you have the brand new phone, like you can't even play the game. That's yeah. that's it's interesting. I mean, listen, it is what it is. I don't think anyone's buying a new phone because of that game, but it's interesting. They ported that game to M1 Max, so it's not like they're they're not expecting to make their money back from porting this off the iPhones. It's they're bringing it to iPhones and Macs that can hand. I mean, iPhones and iPads that can handle it, but that's because they already did an M1 Mac port. It was the big gaming showcase this spring, you know, when they did the new Mac Mini. It does feel more like a marketing point for Apple than it is for like giving gamers accessibility. So. We've been here before. Apple heavily marketed the iPhone 5 as being, quote, as powerful as a game console. And they, they kind of meant the previous generation game console when that came out, like not the current one. And that's where we are again. Like this, this avails itself well against, say, a PlayStation 4 which is super impressive to have in a phone in your pocket, but you are not going to get the experience you get with a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox Series X or S at all. Uh And those consoles have been out for a few years, and nor should you expect to. Those are plugged into a wall, and they use like 150, 200 watts. So it's impressive what you get out of a phone, but it is not going to change the world and the way phone games are made, phone games are made to be played more or less in short bursts with your fingers on the screen, tapping and swiping, not the kind of games that you play on a console. Do you think, Jason, and this is this might be for another podcast, the A17 Pro, like the effects it'll have on the M3 coming to the Mac, do you think that's a maybe a little bit closer to console-level gaming? It, it would be. I don't know that this, is, this GPU is what's going to be in the M3. Because the M2 is based on the A15's architecture. The M3 might be based on the A16's architecture. It might be M4. It would be pretty surprising to me if the M3 Max didn't have ray tracing in these GPU. Features. Yeah, it's, poss- it's possible that like the first M3s is like the M3 or maybe the M3 and M3 Pro are based mostly on the A16. And then by the time they get to the M3 Max and Ultra, it's based on this like we'll see i it but that hasn't been the history so far the history so far has been they're one step behind in terms of the architecture that they use with the exception of like the video encoder stuff we'll we'll see what they do yeah it'll get closer but like you know pc gaming is way way beyond what consoles are capable of right now right that's like if you have a windows pc and apple doesn't being 20% faster and having support for ray tracing acceleration doesn't suddenly get Apple to be like an, an M3 Pro to be neck and neck with $2,000 gaming PC. Like it's not, it's, they're not going to get there. But it is, 
that would be a great improvement. I mean, if they, if you can take, take an M2 or an M2 Pro at 20% performance, add mesh shaders and ray tracing support, that's great. That does it for this episode of the Macworld Podcast, episode 857. Thanks to Jason Cross. Thank you. Thanks to Michael Simon. Thank you, sir. And thanks to you, the audience. Thank you for tuning in. You can subscribe to the Macworld Podcast in the podcast app on Spotify or through any other podcast app. If you have any comments or questions, send us an email at podcast at macworld.com or contact us through Twitter, that's at Macworld, or on threads, that's at Macworld underscore HQ, or on the Macworld Facebook page. Join us in the next episode of the Macworld Podcast as we talk about the latest in the world of Apple. See you next time.